Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Make Things Make Sense. Today, we're making sense of data and Google Analytics 4. Did you know that in a year from now, your current website tracking is going to stop? There's no way around it, it's going to happen. So, today, we've got a very special guest, Steph Shukluna, our very own head of marketing, who's going to tell us exactly what to do about it. Welcome to the show, Steph. Hey, thanks for having me. Super excited to be on the show and to talk a little bit about the new Google Analytics 4. In a nutshell, Universal Analytics will stop collecting data as of July 23. Now, that means it's going to stop collecting data and six months from then, you won't be able to get it anymore. So essentially, by the end of 2023, you will have no more website tracking. So here's what you have to do about it. You have to set up GA4 right now, run it in the background in parallel to your Universal Analytics. That way it will start gathering data whilst you continue to use your current Universal Analytics. Then you're going to use this time wisely. You're going to use this window to get familiar with GA4 to eventually ease the transition period when the time comes where you have to switch. So you've given us the top three tips straight off the back. We understand what we're going to be talking about today. Let's really dive into this and make sense of it. Why do you need analytics? Basically, marketing is not just pissing in the wind and hoping it works. It involves using historical data to inform your decisions and optimize your marketing efforts. And you do this for most aspects of your life, whether consciously or not. Say, for example, I'm going to the grocers and I'm going to buy an apple. Now, I know from my own historical data that I have, one, eaten apples in the past, and from that, I can know that I have enjoyed apples in the past. So you can conclude that I will probably enjoy an apple again, and so I buy that apple. There's a process to this. Measure, analyze, act. Let's flip the tables a little bit and say I'm running a grocery store, and I'm selling both apples and oranges not to compare apples and oranges. First, I measure. I measure how many apples I'm selling, when I'm selling them, who I'm selling them to, and compare this data against everything else I'm measuring. Then, I analyze this data. From my analysis, maybe I conclude that apples sell better on the weekends and often sell out by Saturday afternoon. Then, I act. I use what I've analyzed and learned from my data and apply it to my future marketing acts. Maybe I restock apples on Friday mornings. Maybe I create some enticing offers on apples during other days of the week. In the world of web, Google Analytics solves for the measure and the analyze steps in this process, which then gives you all of the insight you need to go and act on it. Steph, I absolutely love the visualization of you being so analytical about apples and trying not to compare them to oranges. And I think that you've given us a really good way to understand it and, and, and already how to think about applying it to our own businesses. So we understand what analytics is, but what is specifically Google Analytics? Setting up a website is not a simple set and forget type of thing. You need to be constantly monitoring how your audience are using your website and then continuously optimizing based on that data. So Google Analytics is a tool which is on my website. Kind of. It's, um, it's a tool which you plug in, sort of thing. A few lines of code can give you all of the analytics you need. 
Google Analytics is also free, which is fantastic. It's the most popular free tracking um, platform around. Essentially, Google Analytics collects vast amounts of data about your site and about how people use and navigate your site. It processes it and then presents the data back to you in the form of reports. This gives you a full picture of your website's performance. And also based on my own um, research, I did note that Google Analytics 4 will be including some awesome features that the paid version, Google Analytics 360, has. What can you tell us about that? Google 360 is basically the upgraded, paid-for version of Google Analytics, um, namely Universal Analytics, which is what we are using at the moment. With the rollout of Google Analytics 4, a lot of the features on um, Google Analytics 360 is actually going to be integrated into it anyway. So instead of spending all of that money, and Google 360 is not cheap, um, so instead of spending all of that money on all these extra features, it's actually going to be built into your free Google Analytics 4. You can now have access to BigQuery for free. BigQuery is basically a data warehouse that allows you to process SQL queries at high speeds. Previously, you'd have to pay to upgrade to Google 360 to access this. But now with GA4, you have BigQuery built into it for free. That's awesome. Yeah, Google Analytics lets you track what's going on on your website, how your audience are using your website, gives you everything you need to make informed decisions on where to put your money. Steph, you know I love my tech, and I am always curious about where it came from. What are the foundations? What was the humble beginnings of Google Analytics? Google Analytics has gone through various iterations due to changes in the landscape. Google bought a company called Urchin back in 2005 and then renamed it to Google Analytics about a year later. Google Analytics 3 came about due to changes in behavior of users with an increase in mobile users, apps, and e-commerce. However, with the introduction of Google Analytics 4, it's not so much a simple upgrade as much of a mass overhaul. It's a totally different platform. A lot's different, a lot's better, but the learning curve is understandably frustrating for those who have spent years honing their skills in universal analytics. However, once the initial hurdle or hurdles are over, it's actually quite a bit easier with much more functionality and a better view of your data. If you're already pondering over the decision of which property to use, I'll make it easy for you. As of July 23, Universal Analytics will stop collecting data and you will have to switch to Google Analytics 4. You have no choice. It's a mandatory thing. If you're setting up your Google Analytics for the first time, then it's automatically going to create a GA4 property for you by default. However, if you're not new to Google Analytics and you've been tracking on Universal Analytics for a while, then you're going to have to do this switch manually. That's super interesting. Um, a couple of observations I'll make. In your second point, I believe, when, when you started on the podcast, you explained that people should start implementing it immediately. So I know from experience that when you accidentally set up two Google Analytics or two Universal Analytics, Google Analytics 3, on a website, things don't play so nice. 
Will we be able to have a Google Analytics 4 and a Google Analytics 3 instance simultaneously and not cause errors? Yes, now this is very important. If there's anything I want listeners of this podcast to take away, it's this. You should be running Universal Analytics and Google Analytics 4 at the same time. There's many reasons for this. The main reason is that Google Analytics 4 is a clean slate. You cannot transfer your historical data from Universal Analytics to your new GA4 property. So you're going to lose all of the historic data that you spent years building up on Universal Analytics when um, you get switched over to GA4. So by having them both set up and having them both running at the same time, you can continue using your current Universal Analytics whilst GA4 is quietly building up data in the background. That way, you'll have something to work with once you have to switch. Now, obviously, the more historical data, the better. So the best thing you can do is to set up Google Analytics 4 as soon as possible, right now, preferably, so you can start building up as much data as possible before you migrate. So would you say that Google Analytics 4, again, we're just speculating here, but maybe you've done some research on this, is coming about because of GDPR. Like my assumption is that people are so bored of accepting cookies that Google Analytics is not as functional as it was pre-GDPR. And um, is this the result of that? What do you think? Yes, definitely. GDPR is one of the main reasons which brought about the release of Google Analytics 4. Um, Google actually refers to GA4 as privacy by design. The idea here is to maximize data collection while still playing by the rules. So GA4 has become much more GDPR compliant in a number of ways. Firstly, no more IP addresses. GA4 does not collect and store IP addresses as it has done in the past. Now they are all made anonymous by default and you cannot change this setting. Another way that it's GDPR compliant more than it was before is data is now stored on Google's own servers and you don't have the option to store them anywhere else. Another thing I want to point out and something to keep in mind when switching over to GA4 is that data retention is set to just two months by default. Universal Analytics currently lets you retain data for an unlimited amount of time, but the data retention on GA4 is automatically set to just two months. You can go in and set it to a maximum of 14 months if you like, but just keep in mind that right off the bat, it's set to two months. You've mentioned the word data quite a bit, and I know that the data model is changing when it comes to GA4. We're going deep here into the nerd zone, guys, so feel free to skip forward 30 seconds or buckle up. <laughs> yeah, so this is, um, this is really the thing that has caused the collective moans um, from marketers around the world. So this change in data model with GA4 is really rewriting the entire game on website tracking and what we do with this website tracking. Um, this is probably the biggest change that we see in GA4. Talking about cookies, it has become increasingly difficult to track true cookies. It's roughly about 30 to 40% of customers don't accept 
cookies. And that's why we're building up to a cookie-less marketing, right? I mean, we've been talking about it. We've got some good blogs about it. And and I, I guess these are... GA4 is one of the first major proponents towards this uh, cookie-less marketing that we're moving towards, right? Yeah, yeah. So GA4 is basically getting rid of that um, by adapting this event-based data model. It's shifting the focus from interactions and is able to fill in the gaps where data may be incomplete. Now, Universal Analytics collects session-based data which is made up of hits, like page view hits, transaction hits, and so on. However, with GA4, this brings about a total rewrite of the data model, making everything now completely event-based. That means that any interaction is tracked as an event. First visit, event. Scroll, event. Got a notification, event, and so on. So this change switches the focus from sessions to the user journey. This is great for marketers because it gives us a better understanding of the customer journey, which will then allow us to identify weak spots and optimize to fix them. On the downside, however, and this is quite a downside, because Universal Analytics and GA4 operate on different data models, the data you've been collecting on Universal Analytics cannot be transferred to GA4. What I would suggest is spend some time, you know, you've got the next, what, six months to really deep dive into your data, learn what you can, but then also understand that the way that GA4 is set up to have a default of two months is, um, you know, it's telling. People and their habits change all the time. Com- the, the way websites work change all the time. The way marketing w- works is changing all the time. So take what data you can, figure out the learnings, and then just kind of move on to Google Analytics 4 and, and, and start a new methodology of evaluating your data, becoming more proactive and faster in your reactivity. I'm very curious to know how GA4 is going to work across multiple devices. You know, with cookie list tracking and with everyone having a mobile, an iPad, a laptop, a desktop, and being in the same IP address, you know, whether you're at home or whether you're at work. It's interesting, you know, there's always so much data to go around, but are we going to see cross-device changes? Yeah, so this is, I'd say, one of the coolest updates that we see in GA4. So GA4 now has cross-device tracking, meaning that it tracks the user across any device and any platform. It essentially combines data from your website and your app and gives you a unified view of both. By you, you mean the business owner? Yes. <laughs> not, not the person being tracked? No, no, of course. The, <laughs> the person being tracked is completely oblivious to what's going on. And don't be afraid. We've been tracking you for decades. We're just telling you about this on the podcast right now, but we will know everything. Previously, you'd have Google Analytics to track your website and then Firebase, a separate platform to track your app. So it was not very unified and you kind of had to fill in the gaps yourself. But now with GA4, you get everything in one place. This is great because it gives us a clearer view of the user journey. Instead of tracking different sessions, everything is attributed to the same user. So wherever they are, whatever device they're on, there is going to be a learning curve with GA4, with all of the features of GA4. But once you get it up and running and once you get the hang of it, it's going to make everything a lot easier. I'm assuming there's a hell of a lot of AI being utilized to 
um, fill in the missing data points you said the GA4 is going to be doing, how it's going to keep users aligned across apps and, and, and web. What else can you tell us about Google Analytics 4? Yeah, so it's all been pretty techy right now. And for maybe the newer marketers enter, entering the scene, it might sound a little bit daunting. Um, it is. <laughs> but all in all, this does make things a little bit easier and a little bit simpler. Um, one thing that has definitely been made simpler in Google Analytics 4 are reports. Reports have been made much simpler and much more user-friendly across the board. This may come as bad news to the heavy data heads out there, but it is a sigh of relief from most marketers. In Universal Analytics, you get dozens of reports to try and cover every use case. But in GA4, you get just the data you need right away. And you then have the ability to drill into the details if you need to. There are three main types of reports on GA4 now. We have homepage reports, real-time reports, and lifecycle reports. Homepage reports is basically going to be your go-to report with everything you need. It gives you an overview of everything very, very neatly. So you're looking at your overall traffic, conversions, and revenue. You're seeing where your users are coming from, and you're identifying the most effective campaigns and which pages are performing the best. Then we have real-time reports, which are basically exactly that. These are quite fun because they show activity as it's happening in real time. Here it's showing us everything that's happened in the last 30 minutes. This is great if you're releasing something new, a new product, a new piece of news, and you want to see how it's blowing up right now. Then we have lifecycle reports, which is basically the opposite of real-time reports. These are about the overall user journey, giving you data on how visitors came to your site, what they did when they got there, and how many of those converted into customers. GA4's simplified reporting also makes it easier for marketers to spot trends and irregularities, helping you really leverage your marketing data. It's clear that you've really been experimenting with GA4. You've really dove down deep into it. I mean, I've learned a lot from this podcast. Thank you so much. Um, just what would be your, your final bits of advice to, to the listeners? The best thing you can do right now, today, is set up your Google Analytics 4. However, don't start using it right away. Set up your GA4 property and run it in parallel to your current Universal Analytics. This way, you're allowing GA4 to build up historical data so that when you migrate, you're not working off, a, off of a completely clean slate. At the same time, this allows you to keep on using your current tracking, keep on using a platform that you're familiar with, whilst having enough time to dig into GA4, get familiar with it, and learn everything you need to. By implementing a new database model, together with cross-device tracking and updated reports, GA4 will give you a greater level of accuracy in its tracking and more insight into your customer's actual journey. All wrapped up, eventually, once you get over the transition period, in a more user-friendly and streamlined platform. So build up the skills you need so that you'll be flying come July 23. Ladies and gents, you have been warned not once but twice by Steph, our head of marketing, and you have to tackle the challenges it poses as soon as possible. So if you'd rather be ahead of the curve than behind it, you can get in touch with us at Growth Gurus. We can help you out. 
we're in the process of switching all our clients over to GA4. So there's no reason why all that experience shouldn't benefit you as well. But if this is after July 2023 and you're listening to it, forget about it. We hope this podcast has provided value to you. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Steph. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, listeners. Please like, share and subscribe. And as always, please just share this with one person you know needs to hear it. We'll